Abraham was a man of great faith. Or was he just crazy? Abraham lived in a nice city, Haran in southern Turkey, on a river, in the fertile crescent. He had a home. He had family. He had food. There was peace. And then God called him to leave all of that to become an immigrant, to move to a land where he had no family, no house to move into. He never had a permanent dwelling place. It was in the desert. There was a famine. He had to become a refugee in Egypt just to feed his family. Warlords stole his cousin, his nephew Lot. He had to go to the warlords and get Lot back. All so he would be blessed. More than once, Abraham stood out under the stars and asked God, what about that blessing? What about that land flowing with milk and honey? and the thousands of offspring. And God would say, keep going. Stay with me. Don't give up. You and I are on the way to a better world. Abraham kept hoping and moving forward towards that promised blessing. It was a blessing not simply for Abraham and Sarah, it was the blessing of God working on a future built on the foundation of God's love and God's grace for all the world. God's project has been to work with human beings to heal the world. This is God's promised peace, shalom. What Jesus called the kingdom of God the lion laying down with the lamb, the ox and the ass together, and a little child shall lead them. Abraham kept going. He kept putting one foot in front of the other, and that's what this author calls faith. The world feels crazy to me. I can't hear another story of a victim of gun violence. The sounds of children sobbing for their parents break my heart. Manifestos about white culture, white nationalism, white supremacy make my head explode. I look up at the stars and ask God, what about that better world? And God says, to all of us, keep going, stay with me, don't give up. You and I and all of us are on the way to a better world. Just like Abraham, we are called to be strangers and aliens on this earth. We are called to be migrants on the move with Jesus towards the kingdom of God. 
And what does that kingdom look like? Maybe it looks like healing of relationships. I know it looks like guns, deaths due to gun violence being rare and no one illegal and Latin America being a place of peace and prosperity and beauty. Red and blue talking together with honesty and kindness and the whole earth cooling down. We are called to lead unsettled lives in the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not yet seen, continuing to hope for more goodness, wholeness, love, keeping on the lookout for blessings as seen from afar. We are called to live lives of faith. Now the writer of the letter to the Hebrews reminded that church of the faith of Abraham and Sarah. And so I want to tell you about some contemporary folks who inspire me to keep on the way towards God's kingdom. When I was in high school, it was not all that unusual for my classmates to drink and drive. When I watch Mad Men, anybody watch Mad Men? Not everybody. It seems that it was not unusual for a lot of people to drink and drive. But I especially remember the day that some high school students drank at their graduation party and were killed when one of them got behind the wheel. Drinking and driving was just part of teen culture and a lot of our culture. But since 1982, among persons under 21, drunk driving fatalities have decreased by 80%. 80%. And overall drunk driving fatalities have decreased by 50%. It's taken decades, decades. But I read the history and I know that People of faith have helped us along the way to get there. And God has been working through this movement in the spirit to move us along in this direction. And I am missing the fifth page of my sermon. So, I know what it said though. I was saying the mothers against drug drivers, they are still working for that zero deaths. They're not there yet, and they know that. And they may not live to see zero deaths, but they have greeted that promise from afar, and they are working in faith to get there. They are putting one foot in front of the other and keeping going towards that promise of a better world. Now, the next person, maybe this is why I lost page five, I want to tell you about is the Reverend John Fife. Is there anybody there who heard of the Reverend John Fife? Presbyterian minister who 
served Southside Presbyterian Church in the 1980s. And he lived on the board. And that was a time in the 80s when there were U.S.-supported death squads in the civil wars in El Salvador and Guatemala. And refugees started coming and the U.S. government would receive them and send them back. And Reverend John Fife had a friend, a Quaker friend named Jim Corbett, a rancher. And one day, John and Jim got to talking. And Jim said to him, you know, The abolitionists got it right. They were people of faith. We got to do something. And so they started smuggling people who would have gone back and be killed. They smuggled them into the United States and through sanctuary churches to get them to safety, sometimes in Canada. That's the origin of the sanctuary movement. They helped 15,000 people who would have been killed. His church got infiltrated. The US government came and recorded his sermons. 11 people were arrested. Eight went on trial. Presbyterian John Fife was charged with smuggling illegal aliens and he was sentenced to five years probation. Do you know where the Reverend John Fife is today? On the border. Starting to talk to churches in Guatemala and El Salvador and in Mexico and in the US and Canada, talking about how can we keep people safe? Where's that better world? This man has worked his entire ministry. He won't live to see the day when all are safe, but he will keep going. He will greet that promise from afar. He will look for the blessing in conviction, knowing that that place and that world of freedom and safety is coming. I thank God for that faith. When I was a pastor in Port Jefferson on Long Island, a man named Philip Principia was 98 years old and he was facing death. And September 11th happened, 
a few days before he died. And on his deathbed, people were worried about him finding out what had happened. But he did. And do you know what he said to everybody? He said, this nation has come through all kinds of struggles. This nation will come through this. He wasn't going to live to see it. But he gave us the gift of faith, the conviction that God was working for a better world. He gave us that faith that God is with us in that step by step by step, keep going. We are called to live as aliens in a world that is not yet the kingdom of God. We are called to be migrants on a way to something new. This is God's call to a better world. Abraham never got to see the full promise of blessing. He did get to see Isaac, that child whose name means laughter. Today we baptize a child. And we bab that child, baptize that child into hope. We baptize that child to join us as an immigrant on the way to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of daily bread and beauty and love and laughter and peace, of healing and living together in joy. We are his community of faith and together we hold hands with him and with God and we keep moving towards blessing. So I say to you today, whatever discouragement you are facing, whatever challenge that has come your way, whatever hope you are longing for that is yet to be revealed, God is with us all. Be crazy. Before you go to sleep tonight, do one thing, one act of faith. Encourage a young person. Tell them you believe in them. Forgive someone, anybody, for anything. They left the cereal bowl out on the counter. Forgive me. Pick up a piece of garbage because that is at least one little act of faith. Name one thing before you go to sleep tonight for which you are grateful. Grab hands with God and the risen Christ and take one more step toward blessing. The assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not yet seen. Continuing to hope for more goodness and wholeness and love and keeping on the lookout for the blessings even seen from afar. Have faith.
Amen.